0: hey everyone i'm Kyle. my name's mark and welcome to
1: 613 wrestling welcome uh, back. Uh, or this week's episode uh we're going to discuss our thoughts and opinions on the super showdown that took place this past weekend uh we're also going to go over a little bit about smackdown 1000 and what what uh you know, what we've enjoyed about the last 1,000 or 999 episodes uh, and what we're hoping for uh, for episode 1,000. And then we're going to cap it off with uh, a review of WWE 2 k 19 Is it something that's worth your hard-earned money or is it something maybe you can hold off and, and wait for next year? Uh, but first things first, we're going to go over our highs and lows for the week. And and I think that this week, Mark, is a little bit different than other times we've looked at it, is that you and I had a lot of the same ones. Um, yeah. You know so we thought we'd kind of just highlight the really big win and the really big uh, low and just so that we were not tying up too much of your time where we get to some of the other segments. Um, but we because we had such similar ones, we thought this was a great opportunity. Um, and you know we wanted to spend a lot of time on the super showdown because it is super um, and it's a big deal. Sure that. <laughs> so um, let's let's go with our big high for the week Mike. Mark
0: Mike. Funny you say Mike. Yeah. Uh, and also, I apologize anyway. anyone. That, so I am a little under the weather today. Uh, I got a cold. So if any time I sound a little bit more raspy or phlegmed up than usual, I apologize. Um, but no, I would say, you know, speaking of Mike, um, both we both agreed that our high of the week is Mike Canellis on 205 Live. Um, I know you and I have followed Mike Canellis for quite a bit. and uh, I followed Mike Canellis from his New Japan days in the kingdom, his Impact Wrestling TNA time um, with his wife, Maria Canellis. Uh, but, you know, uh, I obviously before coming to WWE, the very memorable uh, Laura Van Ness, you know, Mike Kanellis, um, you know, Braxton Sutter, you know, Ali storyline that actually was pretty crazy near the end when the whole wedding was supposed to happen. But I've been a huge fan of Mike Canellis. His story is well documented. His um, his battle with uh, substance abuse um and how he's actually i don't know the exact time but i believe he's almost a year a year clean at this moment so to see him join the wwe his dream job and to see him be on main event here and there is one thing but he's in the best shape of his life he's a great athlete he's a great performer maria a legend in the in the in the women's wrestling business and done a lot for female wrestling so to see him in 205 live now i think can can shine some greatness on 205 Live, but also give him the spotlight I think he really deserves. What are your thoughts on Mike?
1: So, yeah. So, I mean, I when Mike Bennett, when he was in Impact, when he first came out yep. to him, um, I wasn't really sure, but the gimmick slowly, slowly warm with me, especially hmm. Maria and her introduction to him. Uh, you know, he is the one who introduced Moose and and stuff like that. So he brought that in. and And so it was nice to see when he came in, um, to WWE. I was hoping that they were going to keep the miracle uh, gimmick, but obviously you can't always do that. Um, so, you know, it was nice to see him come in and then, you know, unfortunately, but also fortunately, uh, you know, timing-wise, you know, he made the decision to deal with his personal issues, which, you know, I think is the right, always the right idea. You got to deal with that stuff first. You can't go through life unless you, you get yourself in the best mindset. So I think that you know, it's unfortunate timing. I think they had the opportunity to really come in and make a, an impact uh, on SmackDown. And just, you know, unfortunately, the timing-wise, it just didn't work out. But, you know, he's had some great matches with uh, Zach Ryder and Tyler Breeze on main event. So people are still aware of him. And so for me to see him on, on 205 Live, which I'm not entirely sure he is 205 pounds. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they do with him. But it's the first time for me in a long time that I want to now watch 205 live on a regular basis and see what happens. um, You know, you have those matches at the pay-per-views, you know, the cruiserweight title always comes and always steps up. Um, But on the the week to week, I'm not really caring for any of the storylines, but now you have, this guy that comes in with Maria together, um, you know, the first lady of professional wrestling and where does that go? What is it? What are they going to do with it and how are they going to push it? And I think that that's a great spot and he's got the physique and he's got the abilities that if 205 live is just the opportunity for him to keep on the screen while for, uh for an opportunity for him on the, in either our smackdown i'm all for it i do think that he probably could have benefited from being in nxt uh when he first i think maria was bigger than nxt which is why they came to uh smackdown right away but i think this is another avenue and i think it's a great idea to see mike out there and to see him in the heel because that's really where he better you know he benefits everybody is being in that
0: heel role no 100 percent. i think the heel role really does him well and Cause they, they played the best story together, you know, Maria, you know, the, you know, the very attractive, you know, fit, successful woman, powerful woman with, uh, you know, with, you know, Mike, where Mike is the total package. Once again, kind of like Buddy Murphy in the sense where, you know, handsome guy, great build, great in the ring, you know, like there's no reason to hate these people. Sorry. You have all the reason to hate these people at the same time, there's no reason to hate them. So to have a heel, you know, it, they're very—it's very easy. And they, I look at Impact, I look at New Japan, and they've always played the heel. And I think that's what brought him to the stage. And so yeah, I'm super excited to see what they bring to the table at 205 Live. And, and you're right, I don't know if he is 205 pounds, but I think uh, you know, any anything is possible when it comes to the WWE. I mean, if uh, is not even
1: live anymore, anything and, is
0: possible. Uh, no, I don't even think Buddy Murphy's 205 pounds. He's probably a good like 220. Uh, um, but uh, but no, I think it, overall it's exciting. Um, you know, to see him get the opportunity to do what he does best. I know I've said that a couple of times now, but I'm a huge fan of his. I've seen him live. You know, I've I've, I've seen I I have seen him live about once or twice in my time, and and I think just a really cool thing is my first meeting of him. Like I said before, wasn't Impact, wasn't at wwe it was new japan you know he was he was a former new japan tag team champion and, and a lot of people don't know that and it's i think he brings such a history that people don't know and if you don't know his history with him and maria definitely look it up go on youtube search his matches and impacts his matches in new japan and i think you're going to grow um, a grand respect for mike Canellis mike and uh mike and maria cannellis that is um, all right. So I guess uh, from that, we can kind of go into our low. Uh, once again, same thing with the highs. Uh, Kyle and I, you know, we, agree, you know, as much as, you know, every now and then we'll kind of disagree on something. Majority of the time we do agree on something. So um, my low, and I know our low for the week. And I think this is one where people need to give us a chance to say it and explain it. Um, but uh, the WWE evolution pay-per-view and the build up. Uh, Kyle, what has your thoughts been on that? And why do we think it's a little bit of a low of the week?
1: You know, so I was thinking about this and for another time, maybe we'll talk about the influx of all these pay-per-views and these extra shows, but the idea of you have this evolution. It's the first time the WWE is ever hosting a a women's only pay-per-view. It's to, to overcome the struggles they had with um, the last show in Saudi Arabia uh, the greatest Royal Rumble where women weren't allowed to, to be there. Um, and then, you know, so you have this opportunity and you talk about, you know, there should be 50 plus women going to be involved in this pay-per-view and you're coming down near the end. So we have two and a half weeks, three weeks left um, before this pay-per-view happens. And up until this week, we had two matches announced. Um, and then at the beginning of this week, but raw, they took the two matches and they made them one. Now it's fine. Like, I get that in all likelihood, it was probably challenging for Trish, uh, and that's
0: where I'm guessing it comes from, to try and feel comfortable holding a whole match. Um, so I'm okay with the match. I'm just well, actually, if anything, I think it has to do with the fact that Alexa's injured.
1: Oh, I guess that's true too. I forgot about that. So yeah, I mean, either way, like I'm okay with joining the matches together, but there should have been more by now. You have 100%. You only now have your Becky Lynch and Charlotte match. Uh, and, and only this week, again, you have your Nikki and Ronda match. Those are the only matches that have really been announced. We're two and a half weeks away, but every every segment, it seems like, um, on Raw and SmackDown, you're talking about the crown jewel. And, you know, we can go into the other situation the crown jewel is experiencing, but I feel like that might be at the low for next week, depending on what happens. Um, but you're not... Well, it can't be just simply this is the first time you're doing it so that's enough of a sell you have this great graphics i really like the graphics and when you're showing your matches um it's slick it's it's updated it, you know it's really good but again we have three matches and well you're yeah a big deal so let's make a big deal of it like don't just take it for granted and being like oh well people will go see it because it's all women no they, they deserve the full attention they deserve. From beginning to end, this should have been the only pay-per-view, uh, you know, in the ne- in those kind of three weeks together. Because the Crown Jewel is shortly after, so you're not even getting the full attention that Evolution deserves.
0: One hundred and ten percent. And I think the biggest thing is you're going to erase it because of that. And you know, we obviously know the first time this year they went to Saudi Arabia, and as it's well documented, that females are not allowed there. Uh, Not allowed there in general, not allowed to compete. So you're going to have an evolution event where it's all about the women. And not only are you going to promote the crown jewel more, where the crown jewel, you're going to have the evolution uh, pay-per-view happen, and then you're going to go right back to Saudi Arabia, potentially, uh, like Kyle said, depending on where everything goes, which we'll talk about next week. But you're going to erase it all because then you're going to go back to a place that doesn't allow female wrestlers to compete. Um, I think that's going to take a little bit of a damper. And plus two, I think they got to be careful because you're right. Like only a handful, not even a handful of matches have been announced yet, but even up until this raw, they keep saying the same thing over 50 female competitors will be at evolution 50. And we only know of six, you know what I mean? Like it's, Yes, you know, Rhonda is having her mystery opponent and, and all that, but what are you going to do with everyone else? You know, that's, I think it's, if you wanted to give the female, so the reason, so just remember two guys that the evolution pay-per-view is not the low it's the low is the lack of respect that I think it deserves that we that's think it deserves. Deserve. Um, you know so much more should have been announced by now to hype it up give it the sponsorship give it the promotion give it the the backing of the WWE you know of what it deserves and like yes the evolution and everything of female and you know it's it's we're no longer in an evolution they're here like females have taken over they are they're here and they're continuing to break barriers and they're going to continue to break barriers and you know it's I don't know. I just think it's it's absolutely a low for myself and Kyle this week because it's, you know, you made such a big deal about being groundbreaking and revolutionary, but you're not giving it the respect and the time and the presence that it needs. So, let's hope that changes within the next couple of weeks, even as early as this coming Monday on Raw, but I really hope to see that that segment, that's uh, not segment, sorry, but uh, that uh, the hype and the preparation to the pay-per-view really gets put into order this coming week. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. You're absolutely correct. And so, you know, that kind of, you know, our high for this week is Mike Canellis becoming Mike 205 Canellis. So we're really excited to see what happens with him and, and where they move that story, uh, especially cause it's kind of an odd choice to put him in there, but I'm really hoping that they do. It's just dessert uh, with it. And then and our low, you know, is do evolution properly, sell it properly, book it properly and, and give it the the recognition and acknowledgement it deserves. Uh, so after the break, we're going to get into our Superstar Showdown uh, from Melbourne, Australia. So stay tuned. We'll be back shortly. Oh, yeah. Thanks for coming back. I want to start off this next segment with discussing the WWE Super Showdown that took place this past weekend in Melbourne, Australia. Uh, showdown, so- you know, I think uh, for me personally, I think it was an okay um, event. Uh, it wasn't the greatest one, but I think given everything that's been going on lately and how much they're trying to cram everything in, um, I think there was definitely some matches that were, were highlighted and, and were definitely worth watching. So I think in the end, it wasn't a complete bust for me. There was definitely more positive than negative.
0: No, 110%. I think uh, even though if you compared it to our predictions from last week, Um, we were a little off, but at the same time it was not so bad of a show. And I think maybe, you know, and I talk about this a lot where I try not to let my expectations get in the way of what actually happens. And and maybe for me, just in my own head, what made it not as great is because I I feel they could have went another way. But outside of that, um, you know, the wrestling, the storytelling, the in-ring work. Uh, you know the energy from the crowd. You know there was a lot of really, really good things about it. So I think it was. You know I would definitely call it call it a B plus.
1: Yeah. All right. So let's just break down show uh, uh, match by match. So the first match up to open the show was uh, New Day, which was actually Kofi and uh, and Xavier uh, right. on Cesaro and Sheamus.
0: Yeah, and, and that one, you know, I, I was I was kind of hoping for the bar to win that one. Um, I look back at you know just where the bar was in Raw. And, you know, how they were like, not just the top tag team, but they were two powerful talents and, you know, coming right to SmackDown and since losing to Braun Strowman at WrestleMania with uh, a kid, Nicholas, um, you know, the, the bar had a lot of steam taken away from them. And, you know, I was really hoping that this could have been a great opportunity for them to be a heel tag team, defeating a strong, you know, very powerful, very, very decorated face tag team in the new day, multiple time champions, longest reigning champions uh, it would have been just a really nice, you know, I guess an upswing for the bar. So great match overall. You're never going to have a bad match when you put those four guys together. Um, but at the same time, I was a little disappointed in the result because I thought the bar could have won that one. What's your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, so I think, you know, what I like, the one thing I like about New Day is they don't just go with Big E in every match. Um, I think it's yes. an easy thing to do because he's big, he's fast, he's great character, he's got really good in-ring work. Um, but they do keep it mixed up, especially against bigger guys and just offers a little bit of variety. Um, <clears throat> I'm in a grants. So I would have loved to see Cesaro and Seamus win. Um, I do think that it was a l- the flow was a little off for me because it was a very Cesaro and Seamus heavy um, owning the match. And they kind of just almost quick- seemed like they quickly fell into a new day victory. Um, yeah. For me, I think that you have the new day and you have Cesaro and Seamus and you have the Usos and those three, are on very similar levels. And I think you have the opportunity there to do like you used to have with maybe not to totally the extreme end of it, but the, the, the rivalries between um, the Hardys and edge and Christian and uh, the Dudley. So I think when you have three teams that are on, you know, very similar levels, you can put on some great matches. So I think I'm okay with seeing these guys go again. I'm okay with throwing the Usos in uh, and having those teams constantly compete for the belt. Um, I think it, it just strengthens what, um, I think what ha- what SmackDown has that Raw doesn't, which is a much stronger tag team division.
0: Oh, God, yeah, I, I would agree. You know, it's SmackDown's way in the lead when it comes to their SmackDown division and their talent and their ability to put on a tag team title match at a certain caliber. And, and yeah, and I think that's the hard part, right? And you said it where, you know, I'm also looking forward to see these guys go at it again and... Because let's be honest, you're never going to get a bad match from those three teams, you know, especially when the New Day and the Usos go at it, and, and when the Usos and the Bar go at it, and those guys go all out every single time. And it's not just high flying, you know, it's you get the technical part from Sheamus and Cesaro, where you're going to get some of that mat wrestling, those locks, those power moves, you know, and then New Day and Usos will kind of mix it up with the athleticism and the high flying. So, no, overall, I think great match not the result I was looking for that I thought could have brought the story a little further, but uh, you definitely know we're going to see those guys again. Yep.
1: All right. Up next was uh, Charlotte and Becky uh, with Becky uh, taking the cheap uh, heel way and uh, hitting Charlotte with the belt uh, so that she can maintain her championship. I think for me, the match itself wasn't as smooth as they've done in the past. Uh, there was a couple of spots that were a little slow, a little sluggish, um, but I think this it drives the story in the right direction. Um, you know, it's going to lead itself to one of the big, um, matches for evolution, which is the quote unquote, first time ever last woman standing, obviously WWE has a hard time acknowledging, um, other companies, or in fact, their own company who had already done a last woman standing, uh, with Nikki and Oscar. So, uh, Nikki cross that is. So, I mean, I think that, uh, it's the right move when you're trying to get the heel to win. I just think that the crowd refuses to accept Becky as the heel.
0: No. And uh, yeah, you know, WWE's, you know, and they're always very, uh, you know, very good at coining the phrase where whenever they say it, they always kind of say, you know, the first ever WWE. You know, um, last woman standing match, and so yeah, it's, they don't really—not say they don't want to acknowledge it, but they like branding that WWE piece. And overall, you know, I would say you, you're going to see what I love the best is, you know, you know, two podcasts ago I talked about my love for long storytelling, and you know, I think of John Cena and Edge, um, you know, Randy Orton and Triple H, and the list goes on. And you know, I think you can get that out of these girls. You know, two amazing athletes, two of my favorite female uh, stars right now, and. Uh, wasn't their best match, you know, but a great match. And I love, I to me, I love the ending. You know, I thought the ending was great where, you know, you didn't really expect it from Becky to, you know, I would have liked maybe the disqualification to be a little bit differently than a kind of a soft little whip of the belt side. But it's maybe almost like a, a sit up, maybe knock her in the head with the actual belt face. But once again, that's semantics. and But I, I like seeing that because that just goes to show the edginess of Becky and how she's, you know, she's still trying to do everything she can to prove herself and that it is her time. Um, and, you know, I, I, either which way, no matter who would have won this match, I would, I, I love seeing these girls go at it and, I think uh, if you continue for the next couple of months, have these you know these ladies go back and forth and pass the belt a couple of times, and then have a payoff down the road. I think that's what's a great thing about storytelling. And uh, so overall, once again, just like the tag team, this is not the last time you're going to see these two go at it. And you know, um, I'm interested to see where the finish is going to be for the two of these girls.
1: Uh, so up next was Bobby Lashley and John Cena versus Elias and Kevin, with Bobby and John uh, winning in the end. Uh, I'm interested to get your thoughts because I I have very strong opinions on this one. So I'm interested to see what you have to think.
0: Yeah. It's, um, it was an interesting one. You now, number one, (laughs) let's talk about John Cena's hair. And when I mean talk about John Cena's hair, I mean, I don't know why people made such a big deal out of it. And, you know, I think we're used by now seeing people do movie roles and he's made it clear on, you know, interviews beforehand, uh, you know, I think he was just on um, Jimmy Fallon not too long ago, kind of saying that he needs to keep the hair for another two months because of the movie role and reshoots and retakes. And it didn't look bad, but apparently outside of the match, that was the biggest thing about the whole event was John Cena's hair. Um, But no, I think, you know, it was an okay match. It wasn't what I thought it could be. You know, my prediction the other week when we were talking about where this match could go was I was kind of thinking maybe Bobby and uh, John would bump heads and that would maybe turn into something. But it definitely felt like John was there to be there because of they were in Australia for this big event. Um, There wasn't much out of John Cena. You got the five moves of doom uh, and then boom, the finish. You know, you didn't really get too much out of him. And that's where I think the match became a little lackluster where... If anything, I know Bobby, Elias, and KO are the three individuals you need to build right now. Um, But if anything, if they they really seem, I don't know, I I guess overall, where I would have really liked to see this match go was Elias and KO winning. Because if you're going to put these guys together, you got to build and make it believable. And I think having the heel team find a way to beat the hometown star and the superhero Bobby Lashley, um, you know, I thought it would have been a really nice heel touch to be able to have them win. Uh, to get some heat on them and just build them as a unit and a tag team because they seem to be, you know, a, a pretty good heel unit together. Uh, but outside of that, I didn't really care much for the match. It was not a horrible match. It wasn't the best match. It was very mediocre and a couple of boom boom moves and in and out. John Cena wins, go home, grabs the mic, heartfelt speech, and you know, talking, kind of always being a little cryptic with his future and how he's in and out and. But no, that's, uh, I guess I don't really have so much to say on it where it wasn't, it didn't really wow me. And yeah, what about you?
1: I, I did not like it. And I thought the only person that got over in that match was John Cena. <clears throat> um, I think that, uh, you know, Bobby Lashley, there was an opportunity, right, for them to butt heads because Bobby Lashley kept, just kept staying in the match. Um, but in the end, it, it, I couldn't care less. And that's unfortunate because um, I do think they all offer something unique. And we just didn't see that. Um, you know, and unfortunately Kevin Owens being out for the next little while with, uh, with some, uh, knee issues. Um, right. If you, even if you wanted to carry a story, that story is kind of dead in the water. Um, but that match left me with nothing other than, Hey, Australia, you all love John Cena. Here he is. He he's like, he pulled an undertaker, uh, from the last couple of appearances for undertaker where he just did his signature moves and then out he's and out he goes. So I just, it, it wasn't a match for me that ever I never I needed to see. I could have easily saved the ten minutes and done anything else with it other than watching that match.
0: <clears throat> no, I agree. I think it's yeah. they're I love all four of those guys, but once again, it's um, I get it in the sense of they want their Hulk Hogan moment. You know, they want their Hogan must pose moment, and you know, for Cena to win, look like the the big superhero. And and I love Cena. I think he's amazing. He's done so much with the business button. Once again, I think the grizzled vet of 15-plus years doing it all doesn't need to be the one to go over. You know, if that side of the team was going to win, let it be Bobby. You know, like, let him let him get his moment and, you know, show his power and strength if one side of that team is going to win. So... No, I'm with you. I didn't really think too much about it. I mean,
1: especially too, if they were if they were going to spin it, where like, because now I, you know he's gone heel on Raw, that would have been a productivity if he had just pulled John Cena out of the ring and or tagged, forced tagged, and then and gone in and pinned and, and stolen the victory. Then you know it could have been even carried through with what they were doing on Raw. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: <clears throat> so up next was the hometown ladies, Billy Kay and Peyton Rice, the Iconics. Uh, they took on Asuka and Naomi for the hometown victory. I was a bit surprised. I mean, I, I think we kind of were hoping they were going to win. I was still a bit surprised that, that they would give them the win. Um, I know that the WWE has a history of not allowing that. Uh, yep. But I think the match for what it was for me was, you know, it was five and a half minutes, five and three quarters. Um, it made sense. I, I enjoy the Iconics and what they do on the mic. Um, and I think they get better and better with their in-ring stuff. Um, so I thought you know it was an okay match. It wasn't the greatest match, obviously, on, of the night, but it certainly wasn't the worst. Um, and I think you know they got their big pop and their big moment, and I think they worked for it. And I, I think for them it was a deserving one.
0: Yeah, no, hundred percent. And I was very happy to see them win, you know, to see how emotional they got. And you know, it's uh especially as being the heel tag team. They really I think they did a really good job at kind of trying to contain it. And, where they were very living in the moment we're here this is an amazing moment for us while still trying to have that sassy attitude and you know i'm, I'm happy that i was uh, just like you i was very shocked that they won because you know usually hey if uh, you've seen it many times with Dal ziggler the miz and much much more where they're in their hometown and their hometown's buzzing for them and those ladies got a great pop but sometimes it doesn't really matter if anything they like to go the other way to shock the crowd but overall it was an okay little match wasn't anything too crazy I think you know Payton and Billy Kay um, they have a really really good thing going for them right now do I also think they need to work a little bit more on their in-ring um, you know and I know that's funny for me to say I'm you know five foot ten and a half and 230 pound uh, <laughs> you know banker but it's At the same time, it's, uh, you know, when you, I guess when you put them beside people like Naomi and Asuka, two very hardcore, very, you know, active athletic females, um, they did look a little slow next to them. But they got the win, hometown win, hometown pop, you know, were able to get that good intro on the mic and they had their moment. And I think that was the coolest thing about it.
1: So up next, we had a, uh, the longest match, uh, sorry, second longest match of the night um, with uh, AJ Styles and Samoa Joe right in the middle of the show, which I had uh, read uh, today or yesterday that Billy Ray had said they do it on purpose because they know that AJ is going to blow everybody out of the water. And so they can't afford to, uh, to have that at the end of the show. So they put it in the middle. Um, I think this match worked. I thought it told the story really well. I thought Samoa Joe did a fantastic job selling his injury. Um and so you know I think it, it carried through the story it kept AJ strong um it he got his redemption um you know that kind of feud for now can can kind of be done but it's they
0: put on such a good show that y- you won't complain if you see them again no hundred percent I think those guys have an amazing storyline going on that can continue I don't I I don't care if this thing goes right until WrestleMania. Um, well, I hope not, because I kind of hope Daniel Bryant and The Miz find their way with that title, to become WrestleMania time, like my prediction the other week. But um, what, what I love, I guess my best way to describe what I loved about this match and this series of matches is this is what Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles should have been. You know, you talk about the history of New Japan these guys knowing each other and having history with each other but then when Shinsuke and AJ went at, went at it it was very lackluster a lot of low blows disqualifications you didn't really get to see the king of strong style versus the phenomenal AJ styles but with this you've seen the tension the storyline now the storyline's a lot more rated r and a lot more mature than the Shinsuke and AJ button you know Joe is looking better than ever you know he's looking great in the ring they tell a great story with their bodies, with their minds, their souls. And I don't know. I just, I couldn't get my eyes off the match when I was watching it. And I think this is one where, even though I predicted Joe to walk away with the title, my hope is still Joe walks away with the title one day, but I think that's where you can, you know, maybe the next time around. And I just hope it's not the end because now you're going to have Daniel Bryant versus uh, which we'll get to soon, but you are going to have AJ and Daniel at uh, um, potentially crown jewel. And, you know, where does that put Joe? Does Joe find his way into that match? Uh, what does he do? I just hope they don't take the steam off the storyline yet because there's no way that you can have that kind of storyline, that kind of personal, you know, f- just that personal endeavor and and not have it continue for a long time until you truly have something that puts it all on the line. So very happy with the match. And uh, I'm really excited for those guys to go at it again.
1: So next, uh, right after that fantastic match was the... Uh... Uh, ronda rousey and the bellas versus the riot squad uh (laughs) you know where do you think this one went
0: well i think it went where it went you know it was um it it seemed like a filler match you know there wasn't really too too much to it um great talent it was really good to see Liv morgan in the ring um you know we thought that we weren't going to see too too much from her because of her injury just two weeks ago But to see her in the ring taking bumps and getting in there, once again, it shows the hard work and soul that she's trying to put into her character, you know, herself as a artist, as a wrestler. And, you know, it was really good to see that. But no, there there wasn't anything crazy about the match. There wasn't anything wrong with the match. You assume they were going to go over, you know, obviously come to Raw where, you know, there's some dismay within that team now. But um, yeah, I think it was just, hey, a cool little match put together. Boom, boom. Ronda wins. I think, what is it, double, double arm bar, and um, and that was it. So I, I don't have anything bad to say about it. I don't have anything great to say about it, but what about you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of indifferent to it as well. I think, you know, the one thing I liked about when, when Liv Morgan got in the ring with Bree, um, they played up the situation um, and and kind of gave Liv a little bit of her own you know retribution, which I thought was good that you acknowledge everyone knows it happened, so let's not act like it didn't, but let's move it to, to the story uh, I think there's a potential, you know, if at some point in time they could have a Brie versus live match, you know, if they really wanted to push it. Um, you know, I think it's unfortunate with the development of the rematch on Raw uh, and how they move that storyline with with Nikki and Ronda that you miss that Ruby gets kind of left out. Um, but other than that, I mean, for me, the match, if I only saw it on Raw instead of on the show, I would have been okay with it. So, I mean, it was kind of neither here nor there.
0: Nope, completely agree.
1: Uh so up next I think was the match of the night which was Buddy Murphy versus Cedric Alexander. Oh <sighs> that's a good match. So I think it's interesting that you know we don't really watch you know a lot of people aren't really watching 205 live um but and maybe that's why these guys when they do come out they really really step up and um you know I think Buddy Murphy is a, is a great um a great person situation for two Oh five live because he's not your traditional uh, high flyer, but he's, you know, he's bigger. He always pushes the limit of the two Oh five. Um, and so despite it being his hometown and all that stuff, I think I would have been okay with either one winning because the match was so good for me uh, with all the spots they had the back and forth. They told the story really well um you really thought anybody could have won and it would have been okay for me either Win, winning because they both would have deserved it
0: oh god yeah i buddy murphy man talk about a kid sorry talk about a man with has everything the, the look the body you know the charisma the athleticism the power like just frame that guy and put him on a wall, and honestly, put a rocket ship on him, and just let him go, let him blow up. Like I was, I was, I was hoping that you know. And once again, same thing with um, you know, Billy Kane, Peyton Royce, where he was kind of the hometown uh, title, um, uh, title contestant, and but I don't know, man, just to see where he was, his struggles within, um, you know, knowing him way back in NXT and his uh, tag team run, and. You know, I don't know, man, just everything about that match was so good. You know, a lot of false finishes, but it worked. You know, a lot of the times that doesn't work. But, you know, but, oh, man, it, it was it was great storytelling to the point where you didn't know who was going to win. You didn't know who was going to cap it off. And, you know, were they going to finally change the title against the guy that had the title since WrestleMania? But the, I was so happy with the win, you know, and he celebrated it well. He held it well. And honestly, I hope he has a really, really long run. I hope murphy just continues to find those opportunities to blow up and man i was just my my arms were in the air when he won because he did an it, i could hands down best match I've ever seen from him yes we haven't seen a whole lot of matches from him but uh overall i don't know i'm just over the moon with how his performance was and i'm super excited to see what he's going to do for 205 live
1: all right after that was uh Another interesting match, uh, The Shield versus Strowman, Dolph, and Drew.
0: Where do you think this one went? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think uh, what's hard about matches like that is when you build it for so long, you know, we knew Super Showdown was going to happen for quite some time now. And, you know, for several weeks, you saw Braun, Drew, Ziggler, and The Shield. What happens is... I think when you put so much into the build, the, 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 like when, when they finally all get into the ring together, you have to have some kind of reason. And I don't think there was any reason behind anything. Shield one shield fashion brothers together, you know, super happy. The match was great. It was, but I, it was great in the sense where it was a shield match, you know, once again, just like the tag team, you're not going to get a bad match out of any of these guys. You know, hands down, probably the top six people in the business right now, but it didn't really finish anything for me. Raw told a little bit of a different story once again, but, you know, you talked about, you know, the, the broken, the crack in the shield with Dean Ambrose and the, the manipulation going back and forth. And, and then what you saw in Raw with kind of a little bit of the, you know, the question mark around it again, but you didn't see that at Super Showdown is almost as if like it just it happened. They had a match and it was done, but nothing got advanced. If they were going to continue this and what they did on Raw with Dean, because um, if I remember correctly, Dean also kind of did a little, "Hey, are we still like I don't know? What am I going to do uh, once again?" But if you if you're going to do that, I think you need to be consistent with it. And they should have done that at Super Showdown. But if anything, they sold everyone that nope, no matter what the up and downs were. They're gonna to be together. They won together, brothers together, and then they just all of a sudden turn everything back again on raw. I just think that's very inconsistent and that kind of put a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth. What about you?
1: So I actually so <clears throat> I'm never a big fan of these types of matches. Um, I just Or the Shield. Or the Shield. I like two of the three in their individual oh, now, nah, one one and one and a half. Uh, other individual uh as an individual but i've just never been a Shield fan um i just think when you piece together competition had braun and dolph and drew been a a trio for a long period of time and then they met up with the shield okay you're telling a different story i'm all right with this you're trying to tell a story within a story which is the universal championship and you're trying to throw these other characters in and it just didn't really fit with me i would have much prefer to see this type of match being on Survivor Series where the shield is a little bit bigger. Maybe they're five, you know, bring in two other guys. You have these three who bring in two other guys and maybe you could do something like that. Um, I actually preferred the match on Raw, um, which was also an issue I had too. Why you feel the need to recreate the exact same matches that you just had on a pay-per-view. Uh, but I preferred everything about the match on Raw better. I thought the match itself ran better. I thought... The story, like you said, was driven better. It moved better. It You got back to not sure what, D, what Dean was going to do. You saw some dissension amongst um, Braun, Dolph, and Drew. You kind of got a peek at perhaps maybe a Braun-Drew uh, you know, setup going forward. So I just feel like it served a bigger purpose that they didn't necessarily need to have the match at Super Showdown. Um, and I would have been okay with it.
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. I think it's just because you've seen they've been such a such a staple of Monday Night Raw. You know, like the six of those guys butting heads had, was like has been two to three segments of Raw for several weeks. So I don't know. It, and I guess it's hard to say sometimes, but you know, I'm pretty sure you know what I mean by it's really hard when you have what it seemed like the match. They had a super showdown was a match exactly like they had on Raw. You know, if they're just kind of tying it back and doing it again. But like, what are you going to give me? you know, what, what, what does it do for me? And, you know, what does it do for the storyline? What does it do for Braun? You know, and we kind of commented on it the other week where, you know, this Ziggler drew Braun mixture is in a really weird spot because Braun Strowman was on a hot train. And then all of a sudden that he just pairs him with these two individuals, the monks, the monster of Monk men is like the lone wolf. And he's, he's not going to be team or get anyone's help. But all of a sudden he'll take his, his new friend's help out of nowhere. You know, I would have liked to have seen Ziggler and Drew be their unit just on their own, and Braun continue to do their thing, but clearly they needed Braun to take a backseat for a little bit while everything else was going on, so they needed to put him somewhere, but I don't know. I think that's all kind of really confused the storyline, and I don't know where they're going with it now, so we'll see where it goes. I'll always give them the benefit of the doubt, but that's kind of where I was left at that. Uh,
1: So, second-to-last match was the shortest match of the night. Determined the number one contender for the WWE Championship – Daniel Bryan defeats Miz with his small package. Um, they carried a bit through the jokes into SmackDown this week. Um, I'm not a fan of this. I'm not a fan. Well, I'm not I have a hard time having any roll-ups or small packages for wins, um, especially when it's just the beginning of the match. It just logistically doesn't make sense to me. For me, you have this great story between these two guys. Why aren't you pushing it? Why aren't you pushing it more? Why aren't you pushing the envelope? Daniel Brown calls Miz a coward. Miz then turns on and calls him the coward. Why aren't you making a bigger deal of this? Why aren't you pushing the envelope? Why aren't you giving them a <clears throat> hardcore match or a ladder match or in a steel cage or something where you you, you push the Miz's ability to be physical? Because it's how he survive as long as he has is by avoiding all of this kind of stuff. So why are we having a a pretty important match for the, for the SmackDown landscape and it only be two minutes and 25 seconds?
0: Yeah. Honestly, when I first saw it, I kind of thought to myself, you know, was something wrong? Did something happen? Um, You know, you're never going to really know unless you're there and you work for the business and you know, those guys and all the backstory, but you know, when I saw it, not only was it a very lackluster roll up where it all happened very slowly You know, it all happened very, you know, not quick, but, and then it was a very slow three count. And, you know, at first, when I first saw it, the crowd wasn't hyped. It was very quiet. And then all you saw was a boom, roll, one, two, three. I thought maybe the Miz didn't get his arm up, you know. And then when I saw the replay again, it didn't really look like he was trying too hard. So, but I think, I don't know, it was a very short match. And I don't know if they were trying to get Daniel Bryant back up or they, Want him to be in a higher scale, but he didn't need to have a short match. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe they were running short on time and someone needed to get cut. And so instead of cutting the match, they said, you know what? Instead of not having it at all, we'll go out there and we'll do something really quick, and we'll continue our storyline. You know, maybe that was the case. And because you know it happens, it's happened at WrestleMania where matches get canceled because too many too many people took too much time. So it could have been a numerous amount of different things. But I'm with you. I think it, you know, very lackluster. But also, I don't think it got the the time for both the Miz and Daniel Bryan to showcase what they can do in the ring, to give them credit for their storyline, but also, let's to be honest, what we both want to see in these two people is to show like show the world what they can do because both of those guys are at a high high level. And but also as well, the Miz not winning, if that is the way it was supposed to go, the Miz winning is uh, no, sorry not winning is interesting because now you're going to see AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan, that's crown jewel But Now where does the Miz go from here? I think my prediction would be the Miz costs daniel bryant the title at crown jewel that's my prediction for that one
1: and then uh, okay so then the last match of the night uh, is actually the longest match um i felt it was way too long um was triple h uh defeating the undertaker at the beginning of the match it was determined this was going to be a notice qualification which then just opens the door for i think everything that everybody thought was going to happen uh which is Shawn michaels and kenyan Uh, how do you think 27 and a half minutes went?
0: (laughs) So I would say a couple of different things. Number one, you know, there was a lot of speculation about how that match was going to go. You know, for how long the match was, how is Triple H and especially The Undertaker, how is their cardio going to go? And I would say overall, they did a great job. It could have been a lot shorter because I don't think you need a match to be that long. You know, a nice 15, maybe between 15 and 20 minute match could have been good for those guys to tell that story. But, you know, a lot of false finishes, um, you know, kind of where we thought the result was going to go with, you know, I think that was the only way to kind of get them involved without screwing someone over in a disqualification sense. But, you know, I did like the selling on Triple H's face where the moment it was like, you know, this match is now a no disqualification match. And then the Undertaker kind of looked at Triple H. Triple H had that smirk on his face, like, yep, (laughs) like, I run this place. I can make those decisions. And then the Undertaker kind of acknowledging. So once again, these two guys do it best, you know, storytelling from afar with their emotions. But I don't know, you know, like I said the other week, you know, these guys can do no wrong. These are my, you know, some of my childhood icons and people that I look up to. And to see them still in the ring and rebuild the story from building over the last 10 years was great to me. And and it got my goosebumps to see Shawn Michaels, you know, back in the ring. And then, of course, as a result, now we're going to see Shawn Michaels back in the ring as as uh, hoped and predicted on my end, where you're going to see him win a tag team match at the crown jewel But I don't know. I think the match was OK. You know, I think some things were just drawn out and, you know, moments were drawn out and, you know, spots were a little longer. And maybe that is because of their cardio and their age. But I didn't really see too much of an issue with the match button. I think a lot of it was just long pauses in between that caused it to be longer, uh, which wasn't needed. And maybe it was needed for some sense, but I don't know. Overall, I just think it was, you know, you're building off something, you're going somewhere with it. And, you know, I did like how afterwards the show of respect was there. But then the stabbing of the back, the the brothers of destruction, you know, like no way in hell we're going to let you get away with that. And to, to keep it going, to absolutely annihilate them near the end, or sorry, at the end of the match. I think was an unexpected touch and which was very good because I love unexpected, but, but no, I think overall the match was uh, good for what it was. And and I think it was a lot better than people expected it to be.
1: So I think it's interesting because I think this is the one match that we're going to disagree. <clears throat> um, I think it was at least three times too long. I think uh, for me, uh, the Undertaker looked gassed 95% of the time. Yeah, yeah, that that's
0: kind of the Undertaker's thing, though. He like, he's always done that. Oh my God, I'm super tired being held up by the ropes.
1: No, but it was always
0: been there. Was a couple of, like
1: when they went into the crowd, he tried doing something with I, I can't remember exactly what the, what it was, but he tried
0: no fl- fl- backflipping there, triple A. <laughs> he
1: couldn't even. He just kind of flung him to the side because that was all he could. And and there was I don't know if it was a tombstone or something else later on the match. He couldn't do that either. I just felt like you could have told the same story in nine to ten minutes of much more intense action um and it would have served the same purpose i also take issue that like undertaker got tuned up pretty good and he was clearly exhausted and then we're somehow supposed to believe that he can then turn around and and after being beaten um and being wrestling for 20 something minutes that you're gonna turn around and just destroy them again uh when why wouldn't you have done that in the first place so i just felt like i get where it's going, I get that it was trying to get it to, to a point where they're going to have this match. I also take issue with, don't tell me it's the last time ever. Uh If you know if you know damn well, it's not even going to close to be the last time ever. Um
0: Now remember, WWE is very, very sneaky. Yeah, but last like time I, ever, you're going to see Triple H, The Undertaker, in a singles match. Uh, I still feel like it's like, <laughs> you know,
1: fake selling. So I just feel like they could have started shorter. I think it would benefited undertaker more um i also thought it was weird that Shawn michaels doesn't have any hair um and nobody has said anything people were all on board about john cena's hair and when when Shawn michaels lost the hat i was like what is going on here because i don't remember i remember him having short hair but i don't remember him having no hair um
0: yeah i remember that there's a video on youtube where it's actually on, on wwe uh on their official youtube page and it's actually a video of sean michaels getting the haircut and i think what ended up happening was he looked like a little bit of a skizz ball <laughs> so i think it was easier to just like he still looked like he was very thinning on top even with that short haircut and so i think he just said screw it but but no i think that was uh right on. very underestimated moment it was with the with the, with the lack of hair for sean michaels
1: yeah but i mean i think i i mean yeah you'd see this match going forward i think that the pieces that they did to carry the story made sense. I just feel like the execution and I feel like Undertaker needs to stop wrestling. Um, and I just feel like every time he goes out there for me, he loses his luster more and more. And I think if people, you know, I was talking to, to my buddy, Pete, uh, he loved it. Um, you know, I think it's great. He thought Taker's great and does everything great. Uh, but for me, it's just like, if you took any other old guy and put him in this, in that same situation. Would you think it was that great or is it because it's Undertaker which isn't really now Undertaker, you're still thinking of old Undertaker and you're allowing that to kind of carry through this. It's like when a when a when a hockey player or basketball player keeps playing well past their prime and it's like mm, you probably should have stopped playing a little earlier.
0: Oh, 100%. And and I definitely agree with that. And I think uh so so to answer that question, I think it's uh, yes, it's a little bit of the Undertaker now. I think it all depends on who that older person is in the ring. But I think it's one of those things where, where I try not. So I acknowledge, so I, I agree with everything that you said. I think the reason why is I try, I, I know that I acknowledge that, but I try not to let that be at the forefront of my imagination. Um, as well as, you know, I think it's very easy to say he should stop. But if you were, you know, 30, 40 years in the business, and this was your passion, this is your love and everyone was telling you to stop, but you wanted to keep going because it's what you truly love in your heart. You know, I think, I think it's, it's easier said than done to walk away. And, you know, he's done so much for the business. And I think the thought of him not being in the business and I don't know him and I'll probably, I'll never know him. And it's, but I'm, I'm sure it's to walk away is probably really, really hard after being a part of such a huge organization for 30 years plus.
1: All right, pull up my heartstrings. Um, So that wraps up our uh, super showdown. We'd love to hear what your guys' thoughts are on how it went uh, and how these types of super shows fit into your schedule in terms of watching WWE. um, As we have at least, you know, Crown Jewel coming up, and it kind of get a sense that this we might see this more and more. Uh, So after the break, we're gonna we're gonna have a little discussion about uh, SmackDown 1000. They went them that's coming up, uh, this, oh, Tuesday, yeah. uh, the 16th oh, November, yeah. and, uh, with, uh, a lovely reunion, which I don't think too many people thought we'd, uh, we get to see. So hold tight and uh, we'll be back.
0: Welcome back to six, one, three wrestling. Uh, now is the segment we're going to go over, which is Smackdown 1000 coming this coming week. Um, I'm excited for Smackdown 1000. Um, you know, I would like to go over, you know, a list of a dozen or so uh, just in kind of quick format, no specific year, um, you know, no specific order about just memories that I have from SmackDown. But uh, very quickly, Kyle, do you, you know, I know we kind of joked about before on how, you know, you've been watching wrestling for a long time, but there was a little bit of a while where you dropped out of it. Do you have any specific SmackDown moments, whether it be recent or old, that just stick with you?
1: So I mean, I don't have anything necessarily, you know, back in the day, because um, I wasn't really, my memory is terrible. So, you know, <laughs> the fist is the is one of the things that I remember, and how could you not, I think it's one of the things that separated itself from, from, from Raw, uh, was that you had this just big, ginormous fist that was always visible, and it really kind of set the tone with that SmackDown was going to be a different show. I think it's unfortunate over the years that SmackDown was review, you know, viewed as the B show um, and, and that everything kind of got pushed to Raw. But um, I think since the brand split, especially with AJ Styles staying on SmackDown, um, it's, he's really pushed the SmackDown brand as just as strong. And I think in some cases, um, like we talked about the tag team division, even stronger than Raw. And so I'm interested to see kind of who shows up and how they play everything off. My also hope is that they do it better than the raw, the last, you know, the 25th anniversary raw. Um, I think there's an opportunity there to really um, learn from their mistakes and and really put on a great show.
0: No, absolutely. And, you know, uh, you know, you said one thing that uh, is one, one thing on my list that I loved and which was the fist. you know, I really do hope we see that iconic fist back this coming week on SmackDown 1000 and, because uh, we've seen in the past where Raw's, uh, you know, Raw anniversaries have, you know, gone a little old school. And so I hope SmackDown follows suit and does the same thing. But uh, but no, I think you're exactly right where, you know, I think SmackDown is the number one show right now, even though Raw might have the more top talent overall. But I think SmackDown's putting on with a tag team, World Division. Female division, uh, sorry, women's division. Um, They're doing so much more, better with their storytelling and their overall production. So, but no, I'll just kind of get into it. No specific order. Um, Like I said before, no year specific, but, um, you know, number one on, sorry, one of the things on my list uh, was the Shawn Michaels and the Undertaker feud. Way back in WrestleMania 25, that feud came about off of SmackDown. Um, You know, I remember the dark versus the light, you know, the, the dead man, the Undertaker versus, you know, uh god's son the you know the heartbreak kid Shawn michaels you know and you kind of saw that really cool memorable you know entrance at wrestlemania 25 where the undertaker had his iconic walkthrough you know the gong the slow uh, maniacal walk to the ring but then Shawn michaels was wearing a white version of the undertaker's outfit with the white hat the white robe you know kind of came from the heavens was escalated down and then boom You know, his sexy boy music hits. And, you know, not only do I think that's one of the best matches in the history of the business, but it was also an amazing storyline leading up to it. So that's a big memory of me on SmackDown. Another huge memory of mine was the return of Kurt Angle to SmackDown, winning the world championship in a battle royal. I remember the moment, and it actually still gives me goosebumps now, where Kurt Angle surprisingly came to SmackDown. And they were doing a battle royal for the, you know, the big gold belt, the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. And throughout, I believe, and I could be very wrong, someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Mark Henry slammed Kurt Angle through the table. There was one or two people left in the ring. Kurt Angle got up. He had his mouthpiece on. This was during his wrestling machine era. And all of a sudden, he just put the straps down, threw his arms to the side with his green mouthpiece in, and he just screamed. Ah! And he just ran right into that ring. Boom. And it was just such a moment where you're like, oh my god, this guy's gonna wreck everyone, and he did. And he became the world champion, and that was a really cool moment because I was, am I've always been a huge Kurt Angle fan. So to see him, you know, kind of surprisingly debut to SmackDown and win their world heavyweight title was a super was a super cool moment for me. Other sometimes, I know some of the things on my list aren't necessarily storyline related, but you know, I think of feuds with you know the Rated R superstar Edge and the Undertaker. A lot of that was SmackDown base. You know, Edge, you know, uh, unfortunately had his career cut short and due to injury, but, you know, Edge, if, if Edge never got injured and he was still in it today, I think he would be the creme de la creme. He would still be the top guy right now. To see him hold the big gold belt, the World Heavyweight Championship on SmackDown and have great iconic feuds with John Cena, Eddie Guerrero, The Undertaker, you know, those are huge, huge moments for me back over 10 years ago. Um, hey, you can't have a top SmackDown list without, you know, remembering the time that Eddie Guerrero was the WWE Undisputed Champion, you know, winning that title from Brock Lesnar. That was a crazy unexpected moment. Um, you know, Eddie Guerrero, for me, um, I don't think there's a better technical wrestler than Eddie Guerrero. You know, you can think of Dean Malenko. You can think of, <clears throat> sorry, um, you know, you think of Dean Malenko, you can think of Bret Hart. You know, you can think of Kurt Angle and the list goes on and on. But I think Eddie Guerrero, he had the full package. Um, You know, other things are, I remember the very first time the ring broke through. That's when you had the Big Show and Brock Lesnar go off top rope. you uh, you um, You know, the suplex from the top and breaking the middle of the ring. You know, we've seen that a few times since with Mark Henry, with Big Show again, Braun Strowman. You know, but the very first time it happened was in a SmackDown ring and that really set the tone of holy crap you know these guys are big bastards they're going at it and i once again the unexpected and unpredictable really 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 um i guess it's it's always been something that i really really enjoy is when i'm shocked and that was a shocking moment for sure um other other ones is you know not the most tasteful but i remember you know the big shows father you know uh, the big show being at his father's funeral and he's uh you know, jumping on the back of the casket, and as the casket's getting dragged through with the car, not a funny moment at all, but one of those moments that it was—it was just very impactful because that's when the big show was hot, that you one know, and they really made his. Sorry,
1: that one I definitely remember.
0: Yeah, that's a uh, that was a very big moment because, you know, you see a lot of the times in and out where wrestling gets very personal, and if I if I remember correctly, you know, his his father really did pass away. And so to bring that into storyline, you know, to almost honor his father and, you know, just kind of make it uh, make a storyline so much more personal, you know, was uh, you know, the, the creative was there and it's kind of tough because you don't like seeing that. But at the same time, it was a very big moment for me. Um, The debut of John Cena, you know, um, against Kurt Angle, when Kurt Angle had his open challenge, John Cena came out and ruthless aggression was born and, you know, didn't win the match, but he impressed the crap out of Kurt Angle, went to the back, Undertaker gave him a big handshake and, you know, uh, gave him mad respect, and that was the skyrocket, and I think Kurt Angle is a big reason why John Cena, you know, that match and that moment was a really big reason why John Cena really escalated very, very quickly because Angle had a lot of respect. Um, You know, Angle commanded respect in the ring, and, you know, he did it with his work ethic in the ring, and so to see a John Cena, a new guy off the, you know, off the streets, come in and go toe-to-toe with you know, the wrestling machine, that was completely unheard of. And, you know, obviously you see where John Cena is today. Um, Other ones where Booker T and Steve Austin in the supermarket brawl. That was insane. You have to remember that one.
1: It's one of my favorite. It is honestly one of my favorite moments. Um, You know, it was a big moment when Booker T came. He was the first big star from WCW to come over. And it was just like... The reaction on his face every time he get pelted with something, or you know, it's one of those things. It's it's actually my favorite uh, outside of Harlem Heat, uh, original Harlem Heat. It's my favorite moment of Booker's, um, and just how he sold getting pummeled inside of a grocery store was just it was classic.
0: Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent, and and I think you know, if anything, and I know it's a uh, a unique type of match, but I would I would just got to say I think Booker T, super underrated super underrated booker t had the look the size the charisma the 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 mic work but also even when it comes to a silly brawl like excuse me a supermarket he was able to sell it really well and, and let's be honest he took a butt whipping by steve austin so that's a big memory of mine um everything brock lesnar and kurt angle um you know we saw brock lesnar and kurt angle go at it at wrestlemania that was obviously the uh a crazy match very scary match because that's when you saw Brock Lesnar go on the top rope, do a shooting star press. <laughs> An almost 300 pounds, six foot four man doing a shooting star press halfway through the ring. He almost hit it, landed on his head. But uh, that's another big iconic moment. But not even just that moment specifically. But um, just I are thinking of these moments makes me think of a days where you know a young Brock Lesnar and you know he gets some slack now for his mic skills, but he doesn't need to because he's got Paul Heyman. Button, you know back then, like Brock was funny. You know, I remember like the the milk chugging challenge where I can eat more chips than you in the back, you know, in the back. And, you know, those were always super cool moments because these are two mega athletes going at it. And just to wrap up a couple of other, you know, honorable mention ones, you know, one one that really, really stuck out to me was the first SmackDown after 9-11 happened uh, in 2001 where WWE SmackDown was the first uh, indoor attendance since... happened. Um, I remember, like, hey, I've I was, what was I? Fifteen? I was sixteen years old at the time when that happened, and you know, I had a tear in my eye for sure, as I'm sure many people did. Where, you know, that was the ultimate. You know, not only was WWE my favorite product and my favorite, you know, entertainment, but they were really taking the front. And standing at the front of America and saying, you know, we we are not afraid. You shouldn't be afraid either. We shouldn't be afraid to leave our houses and enjoy the things that we love. Uh, so the whole 9/11, you know, the smackdown after that, that was a huge moment for WWE, and it really, you know, showed that WWE is very American, and they love their, you know, their international, you know, family. You know, Kyle and I are from Canada, but you know, to see to see their love from Canada, U.S., and all around the world, I think. If you can give WWE any type of credit, it's that they love their fans from all over the world. And uh, they're from homegrown in America. You know, Vince McMahon and the McMahons are Americans. So, you know, of course, they're going to stand by their country. So, I don't know, just overall, very, very emotional show and emotional moment, but a very proud moment of wrestling to really take that step forward. A um, couple of other just small ones, uh, the Billy and Chuck wedding, very underestimated storyline, but... I just love the ending where, you know, Billy and Chuck were a great tag team, tag team champs. You know, Rico was their little, you know, their, their little manager at the time. And, and then all of a sudden, I remember when the wedding happened and then they looked at each other and they're like, wait a minute, I'm, I'm not gay. Are you gay? Like, what are we do? What are we doing here? We've gone so far. What are we doing? And I thought it was just a great comedic segment by two very, very good wrestlers and Chuck Palumbo and Billy Gunn. Um, and of course, Steve Austin blows up the DX bus very memorable moment um that was a very crazy moment in the steve austin area but that happened on smackdown but no that wraps it up for me in smackdown 1000 i think uh you know i can go on and on all day about different smackdown moments and i didn't list all the ones i can remember but those are really the ones that really stand out and I guess uh, just one thing to say is I'm really looking forward to the reunion happening at SmackDown 1000, where we're going to see the animal Dave Batista return and the return of evolution. So it would be very interesting to see how that goes.
1: Yeah, I think so too, because I mean, considering not maybe two months ago, at the least, if not sooner, it wasn't going to happen. They hadn't even talked to him, uh, you know, and, and obviously things have changed and, and it's, it's nice when people can come home and they, they acknowledge where they came from and who they are. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see if they... I'm hoping for a better setup than when DX and um, NWO came back on Monday. Uh, uh, you know, I, want, I just want it to be smoother, a little more you know put together. Uh, but uh, we're cer- certainly looking forward to it as well. So that'll take place... At uh, eight PM Eastern on Tuesday, the sixteenth of October. Uh, so, I think next uh, next episode, we'll have some uh, some thoughts on how that all went.
0: No, absolutely, you no, I'm I'm looking forward to. It. I think it's going to be a great event. They always do great with these uh, reunion events.
1: Awesome. So, after the break, we're going to go over uh, the newest uh, edition of WWE 2K, which is 2K19. Uh, we'll talk, you know, about some highs and lows and uh, and let you know if it's worth us uh, shelling out the money for. Uh, so stay tuned stay
0: we'll right back. back. Be right back guys.
1: Welcome back to 613 wrestling. Uh, thanks again for joining us today. Uh, we're going to close out the show talking about WWE 2K uh, which comes out on actually came out yesterday. Um, Sorry, I apologize. It came out on Tuesday. Uh, those who had bought the s- deluxe edition actually came out last Friday. Uh, myself, I purchased the deluxe edition. It's one of my uh, regular purchases for the year. Uh, so I just want to kind of give you guys a chance to understand what goes on and, and help you decide whether it's worth spending your hard-earned money on. Um, so it does come out for Xbox, PS4, and PC. It did not come out for the Switch this year. Then you ran into all sorts of problems last year trying to introduce it on the Switch. The the game is just too big, too complex uh for what the for what the switch can handle and they'd rather just make sure it goes smoothly than try to force something out. Out of curiosity, Mark, when's the last uh W video game you owned?
0: The last one that I owned was let me think here. I think it was 2K seventeen. Um that was the NXT edition, I believe. Yep. Um, you know, I bought that one. That was great, especially being able to kind of start your career in NXT and make your way up. Um was really really good. I've yet to um you know, uh my son takes uh, takes control of a lot of the systems now. <laughs> um and I kind of miss, missed the boat last year, you know, as big as a wrestling collector that I am. Uh I didn't get it, but I do plan on getting it soon this year. Just got to uh you know, pay off uh, a couple of things a couple of months ago we just bought a house, so just trying to you know, organize some finances, but it's definitely on my list to buy. But, uh, you know, just some small points that I've seen. I, I I think this is the biggest roster they've had to date. And I'm actually super excited to hear your take on it since playing it.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, um, so I, it's one thing that I've introduced to my kids. Um, they love, they love it. They love the creation side of it. They love the matches. They don't even care about the extra stuff with it. They just love to be able to create stuff and spend all day, every day doing that. Um, so you know it's nice and I and I actually introduced my friend Matt. I, I gave it my last year's copy to his son uh and he doesn't stop playing, which is great. I'm slowly sleeping, you know, sleeping in um, my love of wrestling into other people. Uh so this is just a it's a good opportunity to bridge that gap between those who uh don't really know a lot about wrestling, but those who love having video games and those types of video games. Um so just you know, wanted to go over some points with it. You know, overall I think it's a step in the right direction. Um they've improved over a lot of things from last year. uh, and you know, they still obviously have some room to go and that's, I think like anything else. Um, but just want to, you know, we'll go over some more specific details and then I'll let you know how much money you should spend. Um, so every year, you know, they have some really phenomenal models, uh, somehow triple H never goes wrong. It always looks great in the show. Um, but there's always some models that aren't as good. I know there's a bit of a, a story behind, Uh, Lana's—they doesn't really look like her. She's never wrestled in that hair, so I think they kind of threw her together as as an additional uh, actual wrestler you can use this time around. Um, So some of the models aren't that great, but there's there's a lot of really great ones, and it's enough. Regardless, that you can tell it's a WWE production. You can tell they're WWE superstars. There's no denying. When you play this game, what game you're playing? Um, Some of the shading of the characters were dark, so. darker than I would have expected. So it does throw you a little bit off, but I think over time you just kind of become used to it. And then it also makes kind of fits into the way that uh, the, the overall feel of it. Um, one of the big things though to notice is there's some notable stars that aren't in it. Uh, Nikki Cross, who is, she, you know, she was off for a little bit, but she was still involved. She's still not an XT. She was, on, she was in the game last year. She's not there. Uh, Buddy Murphy, who only until now, you, you would have been less surprised if he wasn't in the game because he went through a period of time of not really being involved. But now he's back you know, in the, in the mainstream, and he's not in there. For whatever reason, the, uh, the Brian Kendrick, uh, who you know, helped revitalize the Cruiserweight division, who was in last year's game, he's not there for some reason. Um, and the other one that uh, doesn't really make any sense to me is Danny Burch, who uh, has joined Orny Larkin. Uh, and Oney Larkin is going to be in the game as one of the DLCs, so I'm just a bit surprised his tag team partner, uh, also you know involved in the uh, UK tournament, isn't in the game. Um, the other one that has caused quite a bit of controversy is is Tommaso Champa. You know, you're know NXT champion. He's not in the game. Part of me thinks that it's on purpose. Uh, as I think
0: that's game. on purpose.
1: Yeah, it's part of his gimmicks. Why he doesn't sell his shirts? You know, it's, it's that it sucks for fans who like to play the game and want to play with him. Um, but there's workarounds with it, and I'll get to. Uh, but I think I almost applaud that mentality of being able to carry his story into other avenues. Uh, and I think this is one of them. So there is two sets of DLC that'll cover uh, kind of big, big strong guys. Um, and then you have your NXT guys, your up-and-comers, um, but there isn't a hall of fame DLC this year in years past, they've offered those guys as, uh, as members down the road. A lot of the hall of fame class from this past year were already in the game, uh, in previous years. So I think that's maybe why you don't have a special DLC. Um, there is only two sets of additional characters being offered, uh, outside of Ray Mysterio and Ronda Rousey who were brought in as, um, Pre-order bonuses, they will be released later on, like every other pre-order bonus. Um, so if you didn't pre-order it, not the end of the world, you'll still get them down the road. Um, and you'll, you know, you'll likely get it through your uh, season pass, uh, which is $40 um, to purchase. It also comes with some bonuses for your, uh, my career, along with some extra uh, moves and things like that, that for the hardcore fans really helps. Um you know, the couple of things that uh, I'll, I'll say are on the positive. Daniel Bryan is your showcase for this year. I like that they brought back the showcase. It does cover his career from the start of being uh, Bryan Danielson. And he has an opportunity to kind of share his thoughts through his career. Um, and so you follow through some of those key matches in his career. Um, it even, you know, it brings you all the way up to his WrestleMania, uh, this past WrestleMania where he, you know, fights on the tag team. Um it actually even featured video from and footage from other promotions, including Ring of Honor, which I think was really good because it really gives you the full picture of, of Daniel and uh, and what him being away from WWE helped strengthen him when he came back. Uh, so that's a definitely a mode that it, it doesn't take that long to go through. There's enough matches, there's enough story, though, that it keeps you going. The other new mode is what they call Tower Mode, which is essentially it's just a series of themed matches. Uh, it helps you unlock additional characters and other, you know, arenas and things like that. Um, But there's a variety of different types. So some go through Ric Flair and some of his traditional, you know, his his famous matches. Some are more of a fantasy thing uh, where where you go through the 205 live characters. The other big thing is that this is where they're bringing back the million dollar challenge, which has been done in other sports, uh, sport games by 2K. But this one specifically, it's 15 matches uh, in a gauntlet style. You can't pause the game. You can't restart it um if you lose a match you start from the beginning and you your health does not regenerate between each match if you complete this task the understanding is you get a million bucks so it'll be interesting to see if anybody at some point in time gets that opportunity uh so some of the other things that they offer, Women's Royal Rumble is in there, uh, but they do not have the mixed gender matches. I don't think they've quite figured out how to get that done. Uh, the creation mode, again, is stacked as usual. They keep adding more and more. With the exception of the hair, I think video games in general have a hard time with hair. It's just too it's too much to handle. Um, but by using that creation mode and the community creations, which some of these guys are crazy and intense and how much they can get these guys to look like who they actually are. It helps fill the gaps with some of the wrestlers that are missing, uh, Tommaso Chapa being one of them. Uh, so you, you can get around some of the things that are missing because the community creations, uh, will certainly fill that gap. Um, the other big thing is the career mode is back and it's, and it's back in a, in a good way that you start as an independent wrestler and, uh, you, you, you climb through the ranks and there's a full story with it. And on top of that, you have full voiceovers. So you have Triple H in there. You have um, some of the other... you know, every Your character's got a voice. All the other characters have voices. So there's less reading. There's more ingested into you as a character, which I think is a huge bonus. It also is likely going to unlock some of your other stuff, uh, such as um, some new characters, as well as some other match types. So uh, I haven't had a chance to fully go through it. It's a lengthy process. Um, but it's the first time that I actually want to go through and, and see how it goes. Um, you know, one of the things to kind of, to note that I, I really wish it had uh, in here was a, my GM mode um, where you take control of one of the shows, raw or SmackDown, maybe even XT, 205 live, and you compete for talent ratings. Um, one of the big pushes or, or one of the big revivals on the independent scene, wrestlers, a lot of wrestlers is extreme warfare, revenge. Uh, It's a simulation where you're a booker and you book matches and you, you dictate the outcomes and you try and build your business. I just wish WB has their universe, which has a little bit of that, but ultimately in the end, it doesn't really carry any weight as to how well you're doing you booking one match. If you book the shield versus Strowman and drew and, and Ziggler, or you book the shield versus the revival and somebody else, it doesn't really carry any weight other than what you want the story to go. So, just one of those things that we think would be really cool, really great addition uh, that could really stretch that out. The in terms of you know, kind of wrapping it up here, it's a must-buy for me because I you got know, updated roster. When it says the biggest roster, Mark, keep in mind though, Sting's in there four times, and uh, John is in there a couple different times. Triple H's in there a couple different times. So some of them have each different year counts as another character for me. I'd like it to see where you had their looks were just another one. You could come to the ring with as opposed to being a totally different character. Um, and then Very awesome. that space on some of those other guys, or bring back some different legends, Rick, the model Martel shows up on this one, which is pretty awesome because it's not often you see him around. Um, and one of the thing too, with kind of around that same idea is I wish you could update the wrestler's look. So as they change throughout the year um, and the Usos was a huge one from two last year or the year before last, they went and switched to their hardcore gimmick, um, but you couldn't update that look. You can do the looks but it doesn't actually change their core character. It just offers us another um, outfit for when they're actually in matches. Back in the day, in the N64 days, you used to be able to change the character's outfit and that was their new outfit, even through all the cutscenes and everything like that. So it's just something that I wish they would kind of let you go a little bit more into uh, giving it, the, change their hairstyles. Be nice if I could shave uh, Baron Corbin's hair and make it a little more accurate to what he is now, and, and things like that. Um, all in all, you got to buy it. It's it, it, the small things, the, the way the ring, they operate in the ring. I, I set a table on fire the other day. Um, they've had a lot of those little things that have made it a lot more smoother, a lot better to do. The question comes down whether you buy the season pass or not. The game itself is 80 bucks, uh, which is already an expensive game for most people with it being an additional $40 for your season pass. You run at 120 um, each individual item that the season pass gives you, you can be purchased individually. So I would really look at the breakdown of how much those are individually. Tell me if it's really worth Maybe you just want the extra characters. If you just want the extra characters, don't bother with the season pass. Just buy the extra characters. If you care about some of the other stuff, then it may be more worth it. But don't rush out and get, necessarily get the deluxe edition unless you find that you're going to get $40 worth of it. Otherwise, buy the regular version and then just buy the pieces that matter to you.
0: No, that, that, that was awesome, Kyle. That was a great review. And hey, you know, you sold me. <laughs> yeah, um, well,
1: not for everybody, but, you know- but it's not there.
0: No, fair enough. And I think, yeah, you know, if you're a WWE fan, if you've played the game and you enjoyed any of the games in the past, um, you know, yes, it becomes harder when you release a game every year. You know, they've kind of taken the lead of Call of Duty and a lot of other platforms. But the great thing, and especially hearing Kyle's review this year, is that, you know, even though they're coming out with the game each year, they're growing. They're trying to find new, unique ways, which they got a history of the business that they can go through in different you know uh, different careers and storylines and you know uh spotlights they can do and so hey i'm excited to get it and i'll definitely give you guys my take and and actually funny enough just um and maybe i'm wrong i remember like a couple weeks ago when i was reading i remember an article saying that um like some of the big misses but apparently bobby lashley's not in this game
1: so he will be in dlc he's part of the big bobby in dlc okay yeah so okay cool cool that's awesome you have to wait you may have to wait a while but in the interim, your community, uh, your community will have that. Will have Bobby Lashley ready for you to download. And some guys do all out, all the moves, every the entrances, everything. So you're definitely not without. You just if you want the pure version, you're just gonna have to wait a little bit.
0: No, oh, there you go. And also one thing I read um, a couple of weeks ago as well, ironically enough, because I remember seeing on Twitter where um, they showcased Lana's outfit and haircut, and she said, "I've never." worn that outfit and had that haircut and a fan uh, posted a photo saying like, don't you remember wearing this? Um, And then Lana actually said that that was actually um, a Photoshopped um, haircut and outfit of her making a mimic of the I, movie. And apparently 2K19 thought that that, and I, I could be wrong, this is what I read, but apparently 2K19 thought that was actually an outfit that she wore, but it was actually <laughs> just a Photoshopped, a Photoshopped photo of her. So if you actually just Google shop like Lana, I, Tanya, or Tanya, I, Tanya, Lana, I'm sure you'll see it. But, uh, but yeah, I, I found that pretty funny where uh, I saw that as well, where it's, uh, she never actually wore that outfit, but it's uh, showcased in the game.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, that happens, but uh, yeah, all in all, I think it's uh, it's definitely worth worth buying uh, at least this year over last. Um, and we'll be excited to see what happens as it comes down. So uh, that's, you know, that ends us for today uh, or this week. We do you know, we thank you all for listening. Um, you know, we get like to get your opinions on how the show is going and, and the topics we have. Uh, one other thing to note, uh, Loot07, which is a Gatineau, uh, promotion, had their first match or first show last night. Uh, I'd be very interested to hear if anybody had a chance to to, to get out there. Uh, I unfortunately had a lovely annual general meeting for my condo. Uh, and so that uh, was not happening for me. But if anybody else has been out there, uh, you'll be interested to in know and, and want to know if it's worth uh, us checking out as we're always up and uh, and looking for, for new new wrestling to watch and, and uh, be able to share our thoughts and opinions on it.
0: No, that's it, and I definitely think, uh, regardless, we should definitely check out one of those events. But no, thank you so much, guys, once again for checking us out tonight. Uh, it's our fourth episode, uh, fourth podcast, and uh, you know, I, I think we're, be- I think we're getting a little bit better at it. We got some ways to go, but uh, thank you, guys, and you know, looking at the numbers, and obviously, we're not doing this for downloads, or you know, we're doing this because it's two guys that just love the business and love wrestling and just love talking about it. And, um, we can talk for hours, but of course, we, no one wants to listen to a thirty-hour podcast, but. Uh, honestly thank you guys and you know the the small amount of people that um you know actually i say small but small compared to some of those big podcasts but big in our eyes thank you guys for for tuning in each week and you know please um you know Share us, uh, share us with your friends spread the word around hit us up on twitter at 613wrestling uh, instagram as well and uh, once again eventually we'll keep talking about it but eventually we'll do it we'll get that youtube page up and running uh, where we'll kind of put some uh, audio versions of the show once when we kind of figure that out and maybe some behind the scenes aspects but uh, no once again thanks so much guys and I hope you have a great weekend coming up alright take it easy take it easy